0: How are you guys good you guys are good uh, I know summer is here the uh, official start of summer is not until 10 days from now June 21st for those of you who may or may not know I actually didn't know that I thought summer started already but the official uh, Saturday for summer is June 21st which is 10 days from now and as we are getting ready for the summer uh, We are, I hope you guys are too, as we are getting ready for the summer, and I know a lot of of us are preparing to go somewhere on vacations or at least to get away to be recharged or to be refreshed, Uh, especially if you have kids. Go somewhere because you need to go somewhere. But I want to encourage everyone as you are preparing your getaway trips or just preparing for the summer. since everyone comes out of hibernation during the summertime, right? If you live in the city and you were here last summer, you know that everyone comes out during the summertime in the city of Chicago. So when, when people comes out, prepare ourselves for the opportunity to share with other, other people about the grace that Jesus had given to us. Us as people who have a personal relationship with Jesus. And that's something that really came through during the worship time is how great God is but he came and died for us. He died for us so we can be reconciled with our father. And that's something that we want to also prepare ourselves because the summer, as I said, there will be many opportunities. You don't need to say it all the time, but when the opportunity arises, be ready. Be ready to share the gospel, to share what Jesus has done. Because sadly, most people don't have relationship with jesus are only known about jesus through their cultural upbringing or through a religious or a legalistic perspective Uh, culturally what i mean is every sunday you go to church but you don't really know why you go to church but you just have to go to church that's a cultural upbringing or you have a religious or legalistic perspective meaning you go to church but the church service is very quiet very somber uh, rigid setting where mistakes or the sound of kids, being kids, are uh, met with harsh rebuke or punishment. There is, a perspective, there is a perspective out there. Church is pretty much a place where joy goes to die. At least that was my understanding of Christianity before I had the revelation of Jesus which led to my personal relationship with Jesus. So if you feel offended or saddened with the perspective of church is a place where joy goes to die, uh, if you feel one of those two things, you should, we should, right? We should be offended or we should be saddened that people think church is a place where joy goes to die. So if we feel uh, offended or saddened, let's prepare our hearts to share that perspective the perspective our perspective of jesus when the opportunity arises what we know of jesus so for this morning i want to share this uh, a message that goes along with that it's from first timothy chapter 1 verses 12 to uh, 17. to the, the the passage from this message is to encourage and prepare ourselves and to to help to prepare, prepare ourselves so we can change the current perspective of jesus So the local church will be known as a place where people go to find joy, to find mercy, to find, uh, to be encouraged and to be strengthened. So let's uh, read through this passage together. I know it's a little bit chunky in terms of six verses in here, but let's read through this together. First Timothy one, verses 12 through 17. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus, Came into the world to save sinners of whom i am the worst but for that very reason i was shown mercy so that in me the worst of sinners christ jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life now to the king eternal immortal invisible and the only god be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This was written by Paul, arguably the greatest evangelist for Christ. However, I truly believe it can be said for us and it can be said to each and every one of us. So let's try to break this passage down very briefly for this morning. It starts with, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength, that he consider me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. We must always remember or remind ourselves to, to be thankful to Jesus who has given us strength. I think that's something that's given, right? But we need to remember that it's a, he needs, he's giving us strength so that we can stand up to the culture that is not for the kingdom of God. We're surrounded by the kingdom worldly kingdom not the kingdom of god so we need his strength to stand up to that but also you need his strength to fight against temptations to fight against addictions to fight against generational sins things that we may not even know and and to fight against complacency that's a big thing that i think a lot of time we can really talk about complacency we need his strength to fight against complacency and it can go on and on and on not only jesus has given us strength his strength Jesus also considered us to be trustworthy. Isn't that amazing? He gives us strength, considers us to be trustworthy, and, and appointing each of us, not just Paul, not just a few leaders, he appointed each and every one of us to his service while knowing what we had done in the past. Let that sink in. the um, The illustration that I used to at least help me was, let's say if I'm an addicted gambler, I don't gamble, just so you know, but if I was an addicted gambler, you are asking me to watch over your life saving. That is almost the equivalent of that. Jesus is entrusting me, entrusting each of us, giving us strength, to watch over his treasure, watch over his people to help his people for his service. He knows that our strength will never be up to the task, especially in the long run, for his service. And that's another thing is sometimes we talked about his strength to do the things that we want to do. But we need to recognize that he gives us strength, considers trustworthy, To do work for for his service, and we'll get to that. His service is what we saw on the on the video. It's the mission. It's the gospel to advance the kingdom. So we need his strength to do his service. And the amazing thing is he knew what we have done, but he's giving us the strength and trusted us with his strength to do the work for his service. So in our own strength, we'll, we'll never be up to the task, and I hope we know that. Our own strength will never get us very far, and we will eventually lose in the long run. I've said this many times. Most people can do most things for a short period of time. So that's why we need his strength to be able to do his service for a long period of time. He wants to give us his strength. However, the only way for us to accept his strength is to accept and, and recognize where our strength comes from. Jesus Christ as our Lord and King, we are getting the strength of our Lord and King who is eternal, immortal, invisible, and the only God. I'm jumping to verse 17 because it's important to recognize whose strength we are receiving. Right? Eternal, as in the king of ages. We know that. I think we know that. Revelation 15, verse 3. Beyond the fluctuation of time, as in, he doesn't get more mature as time goes on. He's always been wise, always knowing since the very beginning of time. You know, he is immortal as in beyond the ravages of decay or death. He doesn't get gray hair. You know, as as three thousand years from now, he's always the same. He's glorious. His glory was the same since the beginning of time, and his glory is the same at the end of time. Right? The same yesterday, today, and forever. The strength of someone who is invisible, beyond the limits of the horizon. No one has ever seen God or can see God because He lives in an unapproachable light. That is who we get our strength from. It's 1 Timothy 6, uh, verse 16. We only get a glimpse of his glory through his creation, both in heavens and on earth. And his glory, glory reaches its climax in the incarnated Son, Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. That, what it, that is what it means to be invisible. And the only God implies not only in the uniqueness of his wisdom, but also the uniqueness of his being. Isaiah 45, 18 says, I am the Lord, and he declares, and there is no other. That is who we are getting our strength from. That is who we are drawing our strength from. That is who is giving us his strength voluntarily and trusted us enough to give his strength to do his service. So he's waiting for us to not try to do things on our own and accept his strength. Because the next verse is that even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, i was shown mercy because i acted in ignorance and unbelief so when we approach people and when the opportunity arises for us to share the gospel remember that people act the way that they do is because in ignorance and unbelief just like paul did just like we all did I can say that about myself. Maybe I just say that about myself, not for all of us. Because we acted in ignorance and unbelief. So when we hear an incorrect statement or incorrect perspective about Jesus, have grace and mercy. Just as Jesus has shown grace and mercy to Paul because of their ignorance and unbelief, because of Paul's ignorance and unbelief, so share about the correct perspective of Jesus. Share about the Jesus that we know and remember to do it with grace and mercy due to the ignorance and unbelief. Have grace for them, have mercy for them. Have grace for other people because they're acting just like how we once were, right? In ignorance and unbelief. When you don't know God, it's difficult to have a correct perspective of who God is and what he is all about. Paul wrote that he was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man. It sounds fairly bad because I'm certain most of us would not Call ourselves one of, uh, one of those things, or any of those things, right? I don't think any of us are blasphemer, or persecutor, or a violent man, at least not that I know of. I don't think anyone here is a violent man. Those things sound fairly bad because uh, we're not any of those things. However, in our own reasoning or rationing, we may think we didn't do any of those things, so we were not as bad as Paul. However, sin is sin. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, sin is sin and before god sin is sin which is why we feel convicted when we are filled with the holy spirit and we feel convicted when we committed just a little white lie or something much much worse because before god sin is sin yes paul did all these terrible things in ignorance and unbelief and i'm not saying that we should all do those things all those things are okay to do his conversion also shows us god's mercy If God can have mercy on someone like Paul, he surely can have mercy on anyone who acts in ignorance and unbelief. This category encompasses everyone, right? Can I say that? It encompasses everyone to act in ignorance and unbelief. So keep that in mind when we come across those acting or talking in ignorance and unbelief. Have grace for them. When the opportunity arises, share about the gospel. Share about the love of Jesus, how he had mercy on us. God has mercy on everyone. Therefore, have mercy on those we don't agree with or dislike. I don't know about you guys, but there are people I don't like. It's okay to say that, but have mercy on them because God has mercy on all of us. And when the opportunity arises, you don't have to like them to share the gospel. You know, we can't go through life to say, well, I don't like you, so I'm not gonna share the gospel. Right? We're supposed to share the gospel to everyone, even to those we don't like. So by when we share God's mercy over us, that is how we can talk about how amazing God is. Talk about grace, God's grace pour out on us abundantly. Abundantly. Along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. We see that in in verse 14. The faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. We can only be found in Jesus. So point people to Jesus. As we share the gospel, we're not that special. Is that okay, can I say that? We're not that special. I'm not that special. But we, when we point people to Jesus, we point them to something that's amazing, that make them want to search for more, to want to ask for more, to want to receive more of what Jesus had, has for all of us. So God is pouring out his love, his faith, his grace, his mercy, his immense patience over everyone who is willing to accept him. Talk about that. Talk about that. Don't point out their own shortcomings or the things that we disagree with because we will always find something that we disagree with. But talk about Jesus. Talk about how amazing he is. We should and must talk about Jesus' love and mercy because it is a what? A trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, even the worst sinners like Paul. We see that in verse 15 and 16, right? So how do we partner with Jesus to display his immense passion to those who would believe in him and receive eternal life? By the way, that is his commission to us. So I use the term partnering with Jesus nicely, but actually we need to obey his command. That's actually a more accurate reflection in terms of how do we obey his commission to do his service the way for us to partner with Jesus is to, to partner with him to displace his emancipation is to separate out, firstly, separate out sin and people. We must separate out sin and people. Sin causes people to commit sinful acts. Another way to look at this is, is sin is a prison warden. Right? I'm sure you may have heard this before. And people are the prisoners. Jesus accepts He accepts all people and he came to rescue all people, right? He came for all sinners. Those who would believe in him, yes, me and you and even Paul. However, Jesus does not accept sin. In fact, Jesus hates sin, and sin hates God. I hope that's not something diff- new that we haven't heard before. Sin hates God, and God hates sin. How we partner with Jesus is to accept people and try to set people free, but do not accept sin. Sin is just not some uh, a mist that's kinda, that flies through the air without any directions, and it just kinda happened to come across whoever it comes across. Sin has a goal, sin has a purpose, and sin is very devious sin would use all means necessary to capture us. Sin would use our own pride, our own ego, our own strength, our own ability against us by making us think that we are able, or we are good enough, or we are smart enough, or we're strong enough. So what sin does is it causes us to not rely on Jesus, not to recognize that we, need your strength jesus sin causes us to think my strength is good enough i can cope with this i can deal with this i know how to overcome these things i know how to resolve this problem going back to the illustration about the addicted gambler right i'm the addicted gambler and if you had asked me to watch over your life saving of we all were wealthy right so five million dollars I'm gonna think that I'm strong enough to resist this money to not take some of it to go gambling and help raise up the amount. Sin causes us to think that I'm strong enough to resist. If we rely on Jesus, then we will be strong enough to resist, and that's what sin does, so we need to recognize that sin hates God. God hates sin, and because we're God's people, sin hates us. I hope that's not a shock to all of us. Sin hates us. And for us as God's people, we must hate sin. That's how we fight sin. We must hate sin. We must recognize sin for what it does. It's sin wants to come and destroy us. So until we actually hate sin, we may tolerate sin. So we gotta recognize that sin hates God and God hates sin. So separate out sin from people. Love people like Jesus loves people. Have patience for people, have mercy for people, have love for people like Jesus. Display all those things for us, for people. Make an effort to help rescue people from the prison of sin. At the same time, we should hate sin like Jesus hates sin. Don't have anything to do with sin. So how do we help rescue people from the prison of sin? Firstly is help point people to Jesus. Always point people to Jesus so they can know Jesus like we know him. Help bring correction to the perspective that they have of Jesus is some rigid, absent-minded, far away God who doesn't care, who always leave us to face our own situations and our own circumstances help to give a correct perspective of who Jesus is. Jesus as what? Lord and king, eternal, immortal, invisible, and the only God. Honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Ready? Right? the eternal and immortal king who deserves honor and glory. That he, the God who wants everyone, all people, to know of his love for us. So point people to Jesus, that's number one. And number two, Help people to accept Jesus by allowing the love of God that has been poured into us, the mercy of God that has been poured into us, the grace of God that has been pouring to us, the immense patience of God that he, God has given to us, which has been poured into us abundantly, to flow through us and and into those people whom we have the opportunity to come across. Right? Whether it's now, or in the summer, when we are on our trips, or in the years to come. So as we prepare ourselves to go on vacations, but also prepare ourselves because in the summertime, as I said, everyone's coming out of the woodwork. And so you see all types of people that you didn't think you would see before. But that's an opportunity for us. I'm not saying you gotta do it all the time, but when the opportunity arises, be prepared. Be prepared to share who Jesus is. Because going back to verse 12, Jesus trusted us with his strength to do his service. He trusted us. He didn't trust just a few people, he trusted each and every one of us with his strength to do his service, which is share the gospel, advance the kingdom. Going back to verse 15, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full uh, acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. The statement is what? It's trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. So whether it is here in Chicago, whether it is in a small town, Indiana, or in the south somewhere, or 2,000 years ago, or five years from now, 10 years from now, it's a trustworthy saying and they deserve full acceptance. And just remember, he trusted us with his strength to do his service. I know I am keep going over this verse because I want to remind us, when the opportunity arises, it's upon us. We have the strength, we have been equipped to share the gospel, to share what we know, because of Jesus. I wanna bring us back to land by encouraging all of us to, to read this passage on your own time and just spend more time digging into that to see what Paul was trying to say. You know, that this first Timothy, typically people think that Paul was, was writing this to Timothy to, uh, to be useful leaders and for Timothy to encourage those in the church of Ephesus. But it's also for us to recognize what we have in Jesus and also to help us do the work of the service, his service and to be reminded again that God has called us to do things, not because of what we have done or haven't done. We receive his mercy and his grace so we can do the work of his service. So our future was radically changed strictly because we accepted Jesus. Can I say that? The reason we are even able to accept Jesus in the first place is because of his mercy, because of his strength, because of his grace, because of his love, and his immense patience. So let's prepare our hearts and be ready when the opportunity arises to help rescue others from the prison of sin, to know and accept Jesus, who came Jesus, who came into the world to save sinners. Jesus, the king eternal, immortal, and invisible king. So how to prepare our hearts? If I can maybe give some practical tips on how we can prepare our hearts is, number one, know how our lives have been radically changed. Until we actually recognize how our lives have been radically changed through Jesus, it's difficult to appreciate who Jesus is. Like the song that we sang, right, worthy of it all. If we don't know what we have from Jesus, what we have received from Jesus, and who he is, it's difficult for us to know that our lives have been radically changed. Because we cannot take credit for something that we receive freely. Uh, know how our lives have been changed through Jesus. Number two, know why we're in the season that we're in. Jesus gave us strength, found us trustworthy for his service. We're not here accidentally. You you just don't happen to go Well, I just want to live in Chicago, so I'm here. I'm just here for the season. No, God put us here for this time, for this season to come across the people that we're meant to come across. It's not an accident. We're not here accidentally. We're not at restoration right now by accident. Knowing where we are will help us to know where we need to get to. That's what I went back to about complacency, right? We need to recognize that we need his strength so then we do not stay complacent. As in, well, things are good right now. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need to go anywhere. I don't need to grow. I don't need to be challenged. I don't need to be rebuked. I'm trying to isolate myself. We need his strength to actually continue to grow, and in order to do that, we need to know where we are right now both physically, spiritually, and emotionally. Uh, And and thirdly, hopefully, this will will help all of us, myself included, is to know our enemy and our friends. Know the difference between friend and foe. Jesus came to save all people. This is challenging for me, too. There are some people out there that I actually don't really want to talk to. (laughs) Maybe I'm being too honest. There are some people that you don't like, but they are our friends. We must recognize that. They are our friends. They are our friends. So Jesus came to save all people who are all sinners. So tell everyone when the opportunity arises about Jesus, about what he has done for me, what he has done for all of us, but also recognize our foe, our enemy. Sin is our enemy. Separate out the two. Don't confuse the two. If someone does a sinful act, don't isolate them. Sin is causing them to commit a sinful act. Love the people. Hate the sin. Fight against sin and rescue people from the prison of sin. That is how we bring honor and glory to Jesus. To him glory and honor forever and ever yes we're meant to to do good right we're meant to live a good life and do the right thing but jesus has entrusted us with his strength for what for his service and what is his service his service is to advance the kingdom that's the one thing that he called us to do he commissioned us to do so as we're preparing for the summer I want to encourage all of us to prepare ourselves when the opportunity arises to share about what we know of Jesus and rely on his strength and encourage others to look to him and point people to him so we can share the gospel so they can be rescued from the crutches, the clutches, the crutches of sin. So uh, that's what I have for us this morning. That's an encouragement for all of us as we're beginning and planning for our summer is to prepare ourselves also on how we can share the gospel. Prepare ourselves. What can we do when the time arises? There may be a time when we are not ready. We haven't had our coffee yet, but the opportunity arises. But if we are prepared, then we will know what to do. We will know what to say. So with that, uh, why don't we stand up? I'll pray for us. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.